You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into today's Top 3 Thursday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you. On today's episode, Kawan Baker might be a seventh-round pick, but there's a lot to like about his chances of getting on the field early. Now, he won't be a 1,000-yard receiver off the bat more than likely, but his selection does have a bit of a ripple effect for the Saints at wide receiver, depending upon where he plays. Then, after we talk about that, we'll get directly to our top three Thursday with a look at the Saints' top three position groups. We spent a lot of time over the offseason talking about what needs to be improved. So now, let's take a look at what's been retained and where the strength of their roster is. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, y'all, so we're starting off today's episode chatting about Kawan Baker, South Alabama wide receiver, seventh round selection for the New Orleans Saints in their final selection of the 2021 NFL Draft, the first wide receiver that this team has drafted since Traquan Smith in the third round of the 2018 draft. And like we talked about in the immediate reaction episode after that draft pick, yeah, your expectations of him can only be so high because of the fact that he's a seventh round selection, but he does have some credence behind him or there is some credence to the idea that he was actually a drafted wide receiver for a team that so often ends up going in as an undrafted are going into the undrafted free agent market or the free agent market to add wide receivers here as of late. And in fact, Quan Baker was almost that. Quan Baker had was figuring out a deal. He was finalizing a deal to go to the New Orleans Saints as an undrafted free agent. And they went ahead and drafted him at 255 just to make sure that they were able to get him. Now, there were only, what, five selections? What, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59? Yeah, five selections left at that point in the draft when they selected him. So, Maybe they had heard that somebody else might go up and draft him. Maybe they were worried the Carolina Panthers were going to trade back in and take him or something to get him back for last year. So the Saints really just kind of mitigated any type of concerns for later and went ahead and just drafted him at 255. And I think that was a good idea for them to do so. And again, look, he's a guy that really checks all the boxes, right? Six foot, over 200 pounds, just barely, but over 200 pounds. He has that RAS score over nine, uh, over nine. He's fast. He's strong. He does a lot of things really well. He's a good blocker. He's a good special teamer as a blocker as well. And, you know, he has some drop issues, but hopefully CJ can coach CJ can work with him a little bit on that. Michael Thomas can work with him a little bit on that, but he's got 10 inch hands. I mean, the guy's got big enough hands for him for himself to be effective there. So, you know, he has a couple of things to improve, but if he's able to see the field early, he could be a really interesting and intriguing piece for the Saints because he kind of fits all the things that I was excited about when it came to Kadarius Tony. It's just that he went to a smaller school and I think maybe you can argue is a little bit brings in a little bit less development and talent than Kadarius Tony does, right? That's why he's a seventh rounder and Kadarius Tony was a top 20 selection, basically. So with Baker now in the mix at the wide receiver position, what does it mean for the other wide receivers? This is a pretty 
big or you know pretty crowded wide receiver room at, at this point. I mean, your most notable names are, of course, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, and Marquez Calloway, but you still have players like Jalen McCleskey, who just got signed this offseason after uh, getting a chance to work out at the Tulane Pro Day. Jake Lampman is back, number 19. Jawan Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey. So you still have a pretty crowded group of wide receivers in this building, but where exactly does Baker fit in? And the thing that's really interesting is that the Saints are interested in working Kawan Baker out at out wide, as opposed to in the slot where he did a lot of his work in college at South Alabama, but they want to see if he can do some of this work outside. Now, that sounds like a big ask. And again, we're talking about changing rookie positions, but I think it's a little bit more understandable at the wide receiver position. But I mean, it's a big ask for him. However, it really does give him a pretty direct route to the roster because there's not a lot of outside receivers, Z flanker types in this draft. It's one of the reasons why we were always very interested in guys like Kadarius Tony, who we felt could man the outside, Amir Smith-Marset out of Iowa, who was a, a, a quintessential Z receiver. Like Those are the players that we were most interested in during the pre-draft process when we were breaking down wide receivers here going into the draft for the Saints. Can Kawan Baker end up being that receiver? If he can, that causes a little bit of a shakeup here because what does that mean for Traquan Smith? Does he finally get his shot to be the outside guy still, or does he move, or does he stay in the slot? What about Marquez Callaway? Where do some of these other guys fit in as well that could be that style receiver? Deontay Harris, I feel like, is going to be relegated to the slot no matter what because of his size, but I think that's okay because you like having that for him. He basically gets to play a Tyreek Hill-type role from the slot with the routes that Sean Payton can scheme up for him from there. So I think Deontay Harris playing in the slot makes a lot of sense. But now where's the competition on the outside? It feels like it's going to very much be between Traquan Smith. I think you can throw Marquez Callaway in there and then look at Kawan Baker potentially coming in and putting his sort of stamp in there as well as somebody that, you know, he can drop his resume off and say, here's what I can do on the outside. So it'll be really interesting to continue to watch that throughout the uh, throughout training camp here. The, the one advantage that Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway have, of course, is their knowledge of the system already. So how quickly can Kawan Baker come in? and show that he can learn the position so he can get some of those reps on the outside. I think that even at best, Kawan Baker probably doesn't get the starting role over on the outside. I think that goes to Traquan Smith, but that's, of course, trying to project from here on May 6th, as opposed to actually seeing and waiting to see what happens in terms of who even makes the roster and, of course, how training camp goes. So we'll continue to look at Kawan Baker and the rest of these drafted rookies to see where it is that they end up slotting in. But it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Baker and these other wide receivers to figure out who's going to be the guy opposite Michael Thomas in the flanker role. So we'll continue to break down all of these position groups as well as all of these rookies from a bunch of different angles here as we continue on throughout Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up for the rest of today, we're going to dive into our top three Thursday programming. We're going to look at the top three position groups for the New Orleans Saints. We're going to get a little bit of help from ESPN's Mike Clay as well, who went through and ranked all of the post-draft position groups as well. So we'll get to that here in just a moment. But hey, Saints fans, listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. So to get that complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231 231. That's draft D R A F T to 231231. It's a unique 
man-boosting formula. It's powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass as well. Plus, if you text now, they'll also include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Alright, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, our top three Thursday. Like I mentioned, we've been talking all this offseason about where the Saints are struggling, where they need to improve, all that. Let's talk about where they feel like they're in the best situation so far amongst the roster. Now, I'm going to go over three positions here for this, but we're going to talk about a couple of additional positions as well, because there's one position that feels like it could very well be a strength, but there's just too many question marks around it. And then there's another position that's getting a little bit of hype for the New Orleans Saints, particularly from ESPN's Mike Clay, that I don't know is necessary at this moment because, again, too many question marks. So let's start off first with my two, with my number three and number two. We'll get to those other questions and my number one in the next segment. So uh, my number three for the Saints here is going to be the safety position. I think that it tends to get lumped into the secondary conversation when we talk about cornerbacks, right? So we talk about cornerbacks, we tend to feel like the secondary is weak. We tend to feel like the defensive back group is weak. But in all honesty, the safety group for the Saints is really strong. You have your roaming free safety in Marcus Williams, who's about as good at his position as a lot of the best players around the NFL are at their positions. He's a phenomenal player, taking away uh, deep pass uh, options for quarterbacks, closing in and making plays on passes at the catch point as well, getting involved in plays. He has no business being involved in, but he's got such good speed and closing speed and awareness that he's able to do that. He even improved his tackling last season. He went from a 14.1 missed tackle percentage in 2019 to a 4.8 in 2020, really only credited according to pro football reference with three missed tackles, despite being in on a total of 59 during the season. I mean, look, he's a really, really great player. There's a reason why the Saints franchise tagged him and didn't want to take the chance of losing him this offseason. And they should be working on a contract extension to keep him in New Orleans for the foreseeable future. And his running mate over at the opposite safety position at the strong safety spot is, of course, Malcolm Jenkins, one of the smartest players to ever play the game, one of the most successful uh, safeties to ever play the game. I mean, he was the one that got away for Sean Payton for so long. And then he went to Philadelphia, won a ring there, continued a, a string of, of, of you know phenomenal safeties to play in Philly. And then he returned to New Orleans, coming back home here to uh, home as in the, the team that drafted him and has ended up contributing immediately to this team and helping to improve their secondary and helping to uh, improve their ability to play in the box and on the line of scrimmage and opposite the line of scrimmage from Malcolm Jenkins on any given play, particularly in those nickel and dime sets, is C.J. Garner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce, who's the other safety that I really you know look at in this, I don't even want to say trio of safeties because I've got another guy that we're going to talk about too, but really you look at the trio of safeties that can hit the field at any point on the defense there and those three guys are a really great unit together. Is there any player right now with more potential? And is there any player right now with a higher level of anticipation in terms of the fan base wanting to see him, analysts want to see him? Like, we want to see C.J. Gardner-Johnson back out on the field and see how he continues to grow. I think the 
highest level of anticipation is always going to go to whoever is going to be the quarterback after Drew Brees. But over on that defensive side, there's not really anybody that I'm more excited to see back on the field than CeeDee Deuce. So I look at the three of them as sort of the top of the safety position for the Saints and one of the reasons why the safety unit is so strong. But you have to include JT Gray in the conversation as well, even though what he does may not be considered a, you know, for the safety role in particular, you look at it more as a special teams role, but even still, he's one of the best special teamers in the NFL, former second team all pro guy just a few years ago. So I think I I look at that as well. And I look at the depth that comes in with a guy like PJ Williams, who can play either of those safety spots. He can play in the nickel as well. He's somebody that files a little bit further under DB than he does under safety in particular, but there's still a reason to really lump him into that category just in terms of the Saints depth, which may be getting even better this season now that they also signed safety Trill Williams out of Syracuse as an undrafted free agent. Next up, position number two for me is going to be the running back position. And even though I could still see some changes being made at that spot, it's really only because there's money to be saved there with Latavius Murray making $2.3 million. It's not really about the fact that Latavius Murray is a problem or anything like that. I want Latavius Murray to stay on the seam. I want Latavius Murray to be on the field as a New Orleans Saint in 2021. So even as I hear the potential trade rumors around him or the potential, you know, he how he could potentially be moved on from and all these other things, I look at it more as a cap casualty than I do it being something that is performance-based or anything like that. Much like what you saw with Emmanuel Sanders. Like Emmanuel Sanders getting cut was not about his performance or lack or 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 any insinuation of lack thereof. It was simply that they needed to save that money. So I I look at the running back position as being a very strong one for the Saints. That room, including, of course, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Ty Montgomery's return. They also have Dwayne Washington, who gives you some uh, some credence in the special teams game as well. And then they signed a couple of of other players uh, of over undrafted free agency over the past couple of years in Tony Jones Jr., as well as Stevie Scott in this year's draft, 6'1", 231, or following this year's draft out of Indiana. And then, of course, you also have Alex Arma, the fullback who is signed from the Carolina Panthers, who's a very athletic fullback that is a very good lead run blocker, but is also somebody that can make some catches out the backfield and brings you some athleticism as well. So I think that the running backs room for the Saints is actually very strong. I wouldn't be surprised to see them continue to work on it again because there's money to be saved there. But even if they didn't touch this running back room and they went in with, you know, any four of these running backs in Alex Arma or any three of these running backs in Alex Arma, I'd feel really good about what the Saints have to offer at that position. All right. So coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to take a look at the number one position group, in my opinion, for the New Orleans Saints. If your opinion differs, make sure you hit me up at Ross Jackson Nola. Let me know. And we're also going to take a look at Mike Clay's top positions for the Saints and one position that could be a strength, but the question marks are just too abundant. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. But real quick, go and check out our good friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to place bets on all of your sports action, especially with the baseball season in full swing, which you can track all the action over at Bet Online. You also get all the latest news and odds for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA. And of course, a lot of those sports are also taking their road to the playoffs as well. So now is really, really the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the game. So before that next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information as well. And 
Don't forget to also use the promo code locked on with your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. Yes, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. But the one thing that you should never bet on is the health and well being of your vehicle. Take care of your cars, get ahead of things, take care of stuff before it becomes absolutely necessary. And that alone will save you thousands of dollars on repairs. We can also save you another good chunk of money on repairs by going over to our good friends over at rockauto.com and using their extensive catalog that's super easy to navigate. All you have to do is put in your make, your model, the year, and what parts you're looking for. And they're going to give you several different options of those parts, all at the same price, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourself, or doesn't matter. You're not going to get charged, or, you know, upcharged for being somebody that's buying it on their own as opposed to buying it for a company. No, you're going to be able to also find all these pieces at 30, 50, 70% cheaper than what you're going to find at the brick and mortar chain stores as well. So don't worry about the commercial stores. Just head over to rockauto.com on your phone, on your computer. You can do it from the comfort of your own home and have everything delivered directly to you. And don't forget to write locked on in the how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Houdet should wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Saints, taking a look at the number one position group for the Saints, their strongest position group, in my opinion. Again, if your opinion differs, make sure you let me know at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Let me know who you think the top three position groups for the New Orleans Saints are right now going into the 2021 season. And don't forget, Locked On Saints very soon is going to be heading over to YouTube as well. So you'll be able to listen to the podcast on any of the podcast apps. That's not changing. Or you can also watch or and you can also watch over at Locked on Saints on YouTube as well. The page isn't up yet, but I'll let you know as soon as it's up so you can go and start subscribing and then I'll start posting videos there soon after. There'll also be a lot of bonus content over there as well. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about what the number one spot could be. I'm going to tell you right now that my number one spot might differ from a lot of people's because some folks might want to go to a certain position that I think has too many question marks. And that's the quarterback position. I, I think it makes sense to say like, look, you have Jameis Winston, you have Taysom Hill, and they're going to go have this big quarterback battle and whoever is going to win that battle can win with the New Orleans Saints. I think there's truth to that. But I do think there's just too many question marks around it. You know, like both of them have turnover problems in their own right. Both of them have some decision making things that have to be taken care of. One of them holds on to the ball too long. The other one sometimes makes really risky decisions. So I think that like there's just too many questions. And you and, and and to this point right now, you still don't actually know which one of them will be the quarterback at all. So it's hard to point to the quarterback position for me and say that is a very strong position, even though they have strong options until it all gets figured out. You know the old phrase, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback at all. So you want to make sure that you figure it out and then stay loyal to whichever quarterback that's going to be until we know what that's going to look like. It's hard for me to really look at the quarterback position and say, hey, that's a strong position for the New Orleans Saints. Now, I will say that Mike Clay over at ESPN graded the Saints with four position groups that are a 3.4 or higher on a four point scale in his most recent post-draft grades for position groups. He had running back graded as a 3.5. 
He had safety graded as a 3.5 as well. So we're on the same page there. However, one position we're not on the same page as actually, sorry, he had safety graded as a 3.4. He did have a fourth position graded here as a 3.5 that we disagree on. And he wrote the edge rusher position as a 3.5 out of four. Again, for me, just too many questions. Is Cam Jordan going to be healthy? Is Marcus Davenport going to be able to step up and stay on the field? How does he how does he develop going into this season? What's the leap that he takes? Peyton Turner is going to be a question mark because he's coming in as a rookie no matter what. And then you have to also try to figure out, like, what are you going to do? Like, where are you going to get 13 and a half sacks that found their way over to Cincinnati instead of with your team? Like, there's just a lot of big question marks on the on the edge rusher position, really along the entire defensive line. But on the edge rusher position for me in particular, I actually have more question marks about than I have about defensive interior. For me, defensive interior is just weak at the moment and they need another three tech, another interior pass rusher there. So there's no question for me at that point. But there's definitely a bunch of questions for me over at the edge rusher position. But here is where Mike Clay and I agree. And it is at the best position group for the New Orleans Saints. He graded as a 3.6 out of four, the highest grade that any Saints unit received on his radar here is the offensive line. The Saints offensive line is really, really good. And this is what the Saints do, right? The Saints build their trenches. They build to make sure that they can protect their quarterback, whomever that quarterback may end up being. And they also build to make sure that they can win in the trenches. If you have bookends like Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead, you're immediately going to be in a really, really good spot in a really, really good position. You have James Hurst to back them up. You also have their rookie now and Landon uh, Landon Young to back them up. Uh, you have uh, Ethan Greenidge, who has played some offensive tackle for the Saints as well. He's come in particularly behind right tackle Ryan Ramchek. Ryan Ramchek and, and, and Teron Armstead are enough to make you feel pretty good about your starting lineup there. But you also have a fantastic interior offensive lineman and Eric McCoy. And you have two players that are good at their position, all right? Andrew Speed is a good enough left guard. He's a good left guard compared to the other left guards in the NFL. It's just that he's not one of the best on the, he's not the best on the offensive line, but he's still one of the better at his position across the NFL. And then Cesar Ruiz, we'll have to remain to see. Does he move inside to center and does that make him better, put him in a more comfortable situation? Eric McCoy could continue, could continue to excel at the right guard position or does Eric McCoy stay at center and then Cesar Ruiz just has to develop as a right guard. We'll have to see how that goes. But outside of that one question mark about which one of those plays well at which position or plays better at which position, that's an argument and that's a, a camp battle I look forward to. But you continue to look at some of the depth that they have here. You have a veteran in Derek Kelly, who's now got two years under his belt. He's somebody that they've used as a backup at both the uh, tackle position and at the guard position. Calvin Throckmorton, undrafted free agent out of Oregon last year, who we were all very excited about. He spent his entire season over on the practice squad, but he has a lot of positional versatility as well, can play four out of the five offensive line spots. And in fact, he did when he was in college. Uh, Christian Montano, who comes from Tulane, has one year of NFL experience, spent some time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, of course, Will Clapp, who they brought back, who has played the six-man role, much like James Hurst, has played at right guard for them before when Larry Warford was out with injury. I think that the Saints offensive line is actually in a really, really unique position in that it is a position that has that is top heavy in terms of its star power, in terms of who's up there as their starters, but also has really, really unique uh, ability in its depth as well. Now, obviously, all of those 
offensive linemen are not going to make the roster, right? They're not going to make the 53-man roster, but they're just in a position here to where they have a ton of options. And of course, we can't forget that the Saints also added some uh, undrafted free agents like Alex Hoffman, who could potentially step in there as well. Uh, Josiah Bronson, or excuse me, Mike Brown, who can step in there as well. Josiah Bronson's a defensive lineman. Uh, And then, of course, drafting Landon Young. Uh, who, you know, believes he can play four out of the five offensive line positions as well. And again, I think is a little bit of a diamond in the rough find by the Saints there in the sixth round. So I think the Saints offensive line in really good shape. Depth is there. The star power starters are there. They've got great talent all on the offensive line. And that's going to be really important to their success, no matter what quarterback is under center for them. That offensive line is going to be able to create by time, is going to be able to create for Alvin Kamara, is going to be able to create for those other running backs we just talked about too. It's pretty nice to have running back and offensive line in your top three position groups for your team. Uh, It'd be great to get wide receiver up there too, but I think we just need to figure out what's going to happen for the Saints in addition to Michael Thomas, right? Where do the rest of these wide receivers fit in? So that's where we are right there, right? Running back. And so we got safety, running back, and then offensive line is the top three positions. Again, if you feel differently, let me know on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. And of course, you can also let me know whatever else you want to hear about on the show here as we get into the offseason. I want to do everything that I can to make this the best Saints podcast for you. And uh, just very grateful to be able to be here with you every day. We'll be back tomorrow with more as we continue to look at the rookie class for the New Orleans Saints to keep you up to date with everything going on all throughout the news of the New Orleans Saints. We'll do a little bit of a recap of the week as well. So make sure you tune in for tomorrow's episode. And as always, y'all, I thank you very much for coming through, for rating, reviewing, for sharing, for listening, and for helping me grow this family. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.